Welcome to Mimir's Well, a Burning Hallows production. We are your hosts, Alora and Kitty. And welcome to the podcast that isn't afraid to explore the darker side of witchcraft, including taboos and controversy. In this episode and season one finale, we are foregoing the jingle bells and exploring the hellish side of Yule and Christmas, including the Christmas devil, otherwise known as Krampus, child stealing hags, and much more. So grab your cuppa and be prepared for a terrifying sleigh ride. Kitty. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Are you excited? Yes. Okay, so we know that Yule is like your favorite Sabbath ever. <laughs> I haven't said that enough. <laughs> so do you celebrate the darker side of Yule? I feel like I just started celebrating the darker side of Yule as of last Yule because we I've just been getting more into Krampus and the darker aspect of it. Mm. We watched the Krampus movie and I'm starting to incorporate some of that which we'll talk about throughout this episode. How about you? So I haven't really in the past. Well, I have, but I haven't. I have unknowingly, which is usually how I celebrate everything (laughs) is unknowingly. (laughs) Oh, I did this. Oh yeah. That's, that makes sense. So growing up a Christmas Carol, like Mm. I've watched 8 million versions of that. Oh yeah. Um, So the ghost think, yeah that's a good point mm-hmm. yeah like the ghost aspect of it yes which we're say, also going to get into yeah i would say that i'm in tune with but not love it consciously i haven't it's these things that i've been saying that are just ingrained in us right mm-hmm. okay so let's talk about the forgotten darker side of yule slash christmas um and let's okay. start with Do you want to start with the death aspect? Yes. So the winter season, most of us in modern times, if we're not pagan or aware of it, we've forgotten that there's this whole death aspect to, to the season. I mean, maybe we haven't forgotten, but people just aren't, you know, we're not mentally conscious of it. Right. So in the winter, the harvest is over. The land has retreated and kind of gone back into itself. There's plants that are either dying or hibernating, same with animals, so that it can be reborn again in the spring. Our ancestors knew this process more intimately, though, particularly the hunter-gatherers and farming ancestors. Livestock were typically butchered in the winter. Uh, Vegetables and fruits were preserved. There was also lots of hunting parties Mm. and sacrifices as well, blood sacrifices, and Sadly, a lot of people died during the winter season back in the day from the cold, starvation, disease. Winter was harsh. (laughs) Yeah, especially if you lived in, uh, you know, the Norse countries, Northern Europe, Russia, anywhere that's ungodly cold. (laughs) Absolutely. There's also the old tradition of telling ghost stories, which is kind of what I hit on uh, in the beginning. Yes. 
So this may come from the old beliefs of the winter solstice and the 12 days of Yuletide being a veil thinning time. Mm-hmm. Spirits were thought to roam the land, very similar to how Halloween is in modern times or Samhain. Mm-hmm. Yep. In addition, the winter solstice is the longest night of the year, giving the spirits longer to cause mischief. There are tons of Christmas ghost stories if you dig pretty deep. Anne mm-hmm. Boleyn's ghost shows up at her childhood home, Heaver Castle, every Christmas Eve, the place where she and Henry VIII courted. Mm-hmm. Creepy. That's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but like, uh, does she show up with her head? I think so. Mm-hmm. I can't. There is. Okay, so she's a particularly interesting ghost because she shows up in many different aspects and many different places. And there is a tale of her, I think, without her head somewhere, but it's it might even be on a carriage or something. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. But in this particular form, I believe she has her head. Hmm. I don't know. Maybe um, we should go to Heaver Castle. And that's what out. I was that's thinking. I was like, maybe we should call your mom. <laughs> right. I don't think she's going to take the trip to England anytime soon, but yeah. Mm. That'd be pretty cool. Funny. Okay. So what about, How about yeah. Christmas Carol? Well, you mentioned it. That's the, a lot of people. When we say Christmas ghost stories, we think of Charles Dickens, a Christmas Carol. Mm-hmm. It was originally a book. It's been adapted to many different movies and and TV films and all kinds of goodness. But basically this, in this story, there's a man named Jacob Marley. Well, yeah, that's the ghost, but the dude that everyone doesn't like is Ebenezer Scrooge, right? And he is visited by four ghosts, Jacob Marley, which I believe was like his ex-business partner. Mm Mm-hmm. And also the ghosts of Christmas past, Christmas present, and Christmas future. My One of my favorite ones, don't laugh, is when Bill Murray was in Scrooged. Oh, girl, that's my favorite adaptation. <laughs> I love it. Uh, my, and I my love favorite, Bill Murray. Though. Yeah, well, my favorite ghost in that movie is the, the blonde Tinkerbell looking. I knew it. I knew it. I always loved her, too, but I knew you were going to say that. <laughs> Who was the scariest? I was trying to remember who was the scariest. One of them used to scare me pretty badly. Yeah. The one that looks like the Reaper. Him, but there's another one too. That was pretty, I can't Mm -hmm. remember now. I haven't watched that in a while. The The cab driver. No, he's kind of goofy looking. Yeah. He was the (laughs) Christmas past. There's another one. I'll have to watch. I'll rewatch it. And then I'll let you know later. (laughs) Yeah. You'll have to tell me because. The cab driver was Christmas past. And then the, the chick, the blonde chick, she was present mm-hmm. Christmas present. And then Christmas future was the reaper. Maybe there was, maybe it was Jacob Marley. Cause he's. Oh, and he was disgusting. Like Mike was it. came out of his head. Was he like falling apart and stuff. Yeah. He was more That's of a it. zombie. That's it. Yeah. <laughs> that was the one that used to freak me out. Like when I was young. Yeah. I uh, love that movie. There's another adaptation that's pretty recent from 2019. Guy Pierce, isn't it? It was actually a British TV film, hmm. which is, it was pretty dark and there is some cursing and it, it was really good. Like 
probably one of my absolute favorites as well. A darker version. There's also like a really old version Mm. and I don't even know where it comes from, but really, I really like that one as well. Yeah. Nice. It seems to me that it's also British, but I want to say, but I want to say it's from like the early eighties, maybe even late seventies. I'll have to find it. Yeah. Okay. And then there is the wild hunt. So that is a procession of spirits, ghosts, gods, witches that fly through the skies during the winter season, making mischief noise and sometimes collecting or hunting souls. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Leaders of the wild hunt would be Odin, Odin, Woden, however you want to say his name, Bersta. Berstold. Oh my, how you say this name? You can have I don't know. It. It's Welsh. It's Gwyn Apnud, maybe. <laughs> also, legendary kings like Theodoric the Great and biblical figures like the devil, Cain, Herod. I'm just going to pause here for a second. Read, like, how come it's all of the biblical figures that <laughs> that are either murderers or you know, fearful figures because, okay. So this is the wild hunt is based on comparative mythology. Yeah. Which we did just did an episode about comparative mythology. So, uh, Jacob Grimm, one of my favorite mythologists, whatever you want to authors, whatever you want to call them Mm. from back in the day, obviously of the Grimm brothers actually came up with the concept, but basically it's, it's ancient. And it was thought that originally there were, there were pagan gods that would go on, you know, like a hunting party or just parade through the skies basically during the winter. But as the church came into play, we had to demonize these things more, right? Well, I say we, I mean, the church had to demonize these things more. And they, instead of saying, you know, their beloved gods were leaders of the wild hunt, it was probably better for them to turn it to the devil and Cain and. No, for God's sakes. <laughs> that's not, that's like, <laughs> but it's interesting. Cause this is a motif that's throughout the Northern European, as mm-hmm. well as central and Western or Eastern, excuse me, and Eastern countries. And this, it's a similar motif. So that's where the comparative mythology comes into play. Yeah. It's I'm getting to the point in my life where I hear this stuff and I'm just like, <laughs> I know <laughs> it's ridiculous, but I'm just putting, we're just talking about this to, you know, because it's a, it's the darker aspect of Yule, right? And oh yeah, no, I'm the there devil with and you. Cain I'm just, are pretty dark. <laughs> I, I'm just saying the older I get, the more annoyed I find I become at demon, you know, these things being demonized for what reason? Like, mm-hmm. this is just ridiculous. Well, because they had, they had to, cause it was right. either it was either absorb it or demonize it. That way these people would convert because they were so set in their ways. Right. Yeah, true. This was like strategery. <laughs> but the fact that people actually <sighs> fell for it. <laughs> I'm sure a lot of them didn't. And that, well, we could go into depth here with, you know, the executions and all of that. 
I'm sure there was a lot of people that bucked back against all of this and then they would just kill them. Right. Well, it is true because they would come into, they would, they would come in and they would say, okay, there's all these people here. We need to convert them. And then they would say, you're going to convert. We're going to baptize you or make you Christian right here and now, or get slaughtered. Right. True. And that happened a lot. (laughs) If you read your history, whatever. Okay. (laughs) So now we're going to talk about the dark and sometimes horrifying Christmas figures that most Mm. people have either never heard of or like to ignore. (laughs) Right. So first up. Yeah. Krampus. Yes. Tell us about that. Christmas devil. Yes. Also known as the Christmas devil. Krampus is half man and half goat. And it is said to accompany, it is said that he accompanies St. Nick, but instead of leaving candy in the shoes of the good children, he punishes naughty children by beating them with branches or stuffing them into his sack to eat later. Yummy. I know that I was kind of like, (laughs) Oh, this legend is prominent in Germany, but is thought Mm -hmm. to actually originate from the Alpine region of Austria. Mm -hmm. In some tellings of the folklore, Krampus is used as a deterrent to make children behave by telling them if they misbehave, he will be coming down the chimney or through the door instead of St. Nick. So it kind of shifts like some of the folklore says that he comes with St. Nick and some of the folklore says he comes instead of Mm -hmm. the legend of his existence has been around for centuries. And even to this day, he's celebrated during a festival called Krampus Nacht, which Mm -hmm. translates to Krampus night. The origins of Krampus are rooted in the pagan beliefs surrounding the winter solstice, but were eventually incorporated into Christianity as well. Yeah. Uh, Okay. Where St. Nick pays a visit in early December. December 5th, I believe. Correct. So though there are no official records of Krampus to give an exact age of his folklore, Austria has a festival known as Krampuslof, which Mm -hmm. is Mm -hmm. the Krampus run Mm -hmm. where men dress up as Krampus and run through the streets, scaring all the children. (laughs) Please look up these, um, the Krampus loft on online because the videos are, Oh my God. Crazy. (laughs) It is awesome. It's on my bucket list. I have to go to this before I die. Oh, and I have some good news for you. Just hang on. Uh, (laughs) And here is something really cool and interesting that I found out. Because Krampus is also said to drag chains behind mm-hmm. him through the house. Yes. If he visits. Now think about. That is freaking terrifying. Now think about a Christmas carol. Yeah. What, is, what does Jacob Marley have on him? Yes. Chains. Yep. Creepy. Wow. I wonder if Charles, I wonder if that's where Charles Dixon, Dickens got the inspiration for Jacob Marley. I don't know, because I feel like that's a a pretty, it's a comparative myth when it comes to ghosts. Like they say the chain, the the ghosts rattle their chains. Yeah. Huh. Interesting. Yeah. So Krampus is widely known in most parts of the world and is nearly as popular in 
U.S. pop culture as he is in Germany. Hmm. Uh, there are so many movies, shows, artworks uh, referencing St. Nick. It's easy to see how Krampus has blown up yeah. as well. So there are many Krampus lofts around the world, including Germany, Austria, Orlando, Florida, and throughout Australia, even. There's, I think I read there's one in Texas too now. Well, girl, there's one in Orlando. So if you ever want to go, go. Yeah. Yeah. So yay. Sweet. (laughs) According, like from what I read, the one in Orlando is getting big. I was reading there's one in Houston that's getting pretty big too. Hmm. Interesting. All right. So why don't you tell us about Bershta and the... Pershin? Yeah, Pershten. So there you go. This is a very similar kind of motif as well to Krampus, Mm. but it's a complex myth turned lore turned Christmas thing. Anyway, so Bershta was originally a goddess in Alpine Europe. Her cult was once spread through parts of Switzerland, France, Austria, Luxembourg, Germany, as well as parts of Northern Italy. She, her name actually means the white lady and links her to the birch tree. Mm. She is a protector of lost souls, children's souls and women, particularly. She also leads souls to the afterlife. So she was, she is considered a psychopomp. She mm. is a shapeshifter. She may have originally been who inspired Mother Goose because she shifts into a goose. Huh. She also said to have a goose's foot. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. So during the Middle Ages, her worship was literally outlawed by the church. Oh. And because she, she, was, she was so prominent before that, her worship was so prominent and everybody knew her. There's actually something I was just reading that there's, they're believing that she actually goes back to paleolithic times potentially. Hmm. So she's very, very, very old. So anyway, the church outlaws her and because people probably were still hanging on to the belief in her, she then became a demonized child eating hag during the winter holidays. Of course she did. (laughs) (laughs) So now, now Bershta is this ugly, you know, witch like woman who either grants blessings or if you're out of her graces, she will punish you. And at worst, she may slit your stomach open and stuff you with straw or rocks. Ew. I'm laughing, but, and I honestly, I've written a long article on Bershta as well, because I've done a a lot of research on her. And I believe that is actually a nod to her shamanic Mm. side. Right. So, but anyway, things to keep her happy in her Christmas hag form, keep up your housework and your spinning. (laughs) Yeah. Cause we do that every day. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) And leave out her traditional meal of porridge. And there's some kind of specific wild game. And I can't remember what it is. So you'll have to look it up if if anybody's interested. So her horde of Krampus looking minions, because they literally look exactly like Krampus. They have the horns. They're hairy. They're big. They're scary. They're called the Pershten. 
There are also Pershton parades where they walk through the streets, just like the Krampus lofts um, in Austria and other places in Central Europe. The interesting is that thing is, is that they, they walk very slow compared to like the Krampus parade. They kind of run and, you know, so they walk really slow and they ring bells hmm. and they're actually thought they're, they're good luck. They're thought to scare off other evil spirits and I guess bring blessings in the new year. Hmm. Yeah, I know. Interesting. It is. It's, it's very interesting, but two pointing back to the wild hunt, Bershta was once a leader of the wild hunt hunt. So that's why she is considered a winter deity as well as, you know, that's how she's still kind of being celebrated and her more demonized guys in modern times. Yeah. I feel like there's very few pagan figures that you don't say was demonized by the church and now kills I know. children. You know what I mean? I know. Like, I know. And I literally, like yeah. And like, I, I mean, I, I literally read uh, a copy or, you know, like a photocopy, whatever of the actual decree that oh, the church made oh, where wow. you will not, you know, you will not honor whatever about Bershta, because like I said, she was so prominent at one point. Uh, okay. Moving on to the next mm-hmm. scary Christmas figure. Yeah. Are you going to tell us about Bell Snickle? <laughs> yes. Bell Snickle. Okay. So interesting. Interestingly enough, the first time I heard of Bell Snickle was last year, year before, because they turned him into a character in one of the Christmas movies where Kurt Russell was Santa on Netflix. I don't know if you watch those, but he was, Oh yeah. But he was an elf. Yeah. yeah. Yes. I've watched those with my kids. Yep. Mm -hmm. Okay. So, but unlike in those movies, Bell Snickel is like the dime store, St. Nick. (laughs) (laughs) The dime store. Yeah. Because so, you know, the image of Santa or St. Nick, he's got the red suit with the nice white fur on it. He's nice. Looking all lavish. Right. So Bell Snickel, on the other hand, he is adorned usually in animal fur, but his clothes Mm -hmm. are torn. They're dirty. (laughs) And he wears Mm -hmm. deer antlers on top of his head. He looks like he smells like a reindeer. Right. Exactly. (laughs) The German word bells, B-E-L-S, translates to mean fur. And Nickel refers to St. Nicholas. Oh, okay. So for Nicholas is what we're talking about. Oh. Uh, so Bell's Nickel is also ref- can be referred to as Chris Kinkle. <laughs> Which is interesting because have you ever heard Santa Claus called Chris Kringle? That's right. But this is spelled K-R-I-S-K-I-N-K-L-E. There's got to be a link there though, right? Of There's course gotta be it something. is. Yeah. Also, belts nickel, B E L T Z nickel, hmm. Hmm. then Pell's nickel with a P. Okay, I Just thought that was it up. Yeah, I thought that was really interesting. <laughs> but what does he do? That's so scary. And sometimes he is the Christmas woman because he arrives in women's clothes. All right. So yeah, so as have- to confuse everyone, right? 
So Bell Snickle, mm-hmm. he travels alone and he usually arrives two weeks before Christmas. So his lore is that he determines if the children he visits are deserving of treats or if they need to be disciplined. So mm. he usually carries a switch in his hand mm. for the naughty children, as well as a pocket full of cakes, candies, and nuts for well-behaved children. So what happens when Bell Snickel arrives is <laughs> he calls the children to him and they have to answer questions for him or sing a song to him or recite poetry or what I find interesting is I even read sometimes the, the lore said that he would make them recite Bible verses. Oh my him. gosh. Yeah. And in exchange, like sing to me clown. Right. <laughs> and in exchange, he throws cakes, candies, and nuts onto the floor. So then mm. if the children run for the treats or can't tell Bell Snickle about their good behavior throughout the year. Bell Snickle will threaten to swat them with his switch. Mm-hmm. And then the, the well-behaved children will get rewarded with treats. So they used Bell Snickle to serve as a reminder to children that they had two weeks to stay out of trouble before St. Nick came. <laughs> So if they didn't get treats, that was like a, you better straighten up or Santa's not coming. Just bizarre though, really like the whole dirty costume and like what in the world? (laughs) You know what it reminds me of? It's like an Amish thing too. I'm pretty sure. It reminds me of National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation where you have Eddie. <laughs> I've seen that movie a million times. Which part? The cousin Eddie. Oh, you're was- just saying in general, Eddie. Okay. Yeah, that does make sense. Yeah. Cause you got <laughs> dad, right? Who's got the job mm-hmm. and the, all that. And then you got Eddie who's living in <laughs> his RV and is like, you know, mm-hmm. the guy. <laughs> I love that movie. Yeah. So he'd be Bell Snickle. <laughs> I agree. Okay, can you tell us about Marie Lloyd? Okay, so this is a Welsh wassailing folk custom around mm. Christmas time. And it, it's spelled very bizarrely. I mean, at least to me, but it's pronounced Marie Lloyd. Mm. Kind of like Marie, you know, but you kind of roll the R a little bit. I don't know. I looked it up. <laughs> Because I'm like, how do you pronounce that? There's no way I would have. Okay. So anyway, this is basically a Christmas hobby horse. If anybody's ever heard of a hobby horse, maybe everyone's too young to know what that is, but. I know what that is. Okay. Well, I'm, I'm glad you do, but I'm thinking maybe some of our younger listeners are going to be like a hobby horse, but if you Google don't know, it. you know, Google it. Yes. But instead of being like a cute and unassuming hobby horse, this is a hobby horse of nightmares nightmares get it it's ah. made of a horse's skull okay of which of which the people take and mount on a wooden pole that's what makes it the hobby horse then they put a white sheet down the back and all around it so that it can conceal whoever's holding it mm. 
And sometimes they decorate it with ribbons and ornaments. And sometimes they even put ornaments in the eye sockets, which okay. is just like crazy creepy. Like it is freaking terrifying. If you, it, it's <laughs> so the custom is that a group of people dress up and they take this Marie Lloyd from door to door knocking and singing. And they, they request to be let in like through their song. It's this whole jaunty thing that they do where they're they're singing to the people in the house please let us in you know and then like the other people in the house are like no we're not gonna let you in and they go back and forth (laughs) until i guess maybe the people inside give up and then they're like okay great yeah come on in for some food and (laughs) drinks but i would never let that thing in my house that's all i'm gonna say yeah that's what i was thinking so there's a debate whether this is from christian or pre-christian times i'm gonna say it's obviously pagan because like what Christian church would be like, let's put a horse skull on a stick and walk around, you know? Yeah, true. I just don't think I'm sure. So anyway, there is an account of one town or one area or whatever that take the horse's skull and they bury it year round to be dug up and then paraded around town during the Christmas season. So that part I feel is gives a big nod to pagan traditions you know and i'm sitting here thinking too to create this thing Mm -hmm. they would have had to preserve this skull well in advance you know what i mean that's true yeah so who thought of this right so this is this (laughs) interesting i wonder if this actually goes further back in the year like okay Mm. it's the equinox we got to find a a horse skull or something or yeah. something. I don't know. That's interesting. After like a sacrifice, they sacrifice right. this is graphic, but they sacrifice the horse and then they have the skull mm. and then it's a whole parading it around town for blessings kind of thing. It seems p- pagan to me. It sounds pagan. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. I think you're right. Okay. What about Tell us about Baba Yaga. So, okay. So Baba Iga. Oh, Iga. Excuse me. It's not Yaga. Uh, look, you can say it multiple ways. I, I, okay. The correct way to say it is Baba Iga. Iga. Oh, good to know. Slavic and Russian Mm -hmm. folklore. Her name means old woman horror in -hmm. Croatian. She is both benevolent and malevolent. So she's another one of these where it's very confusing. Yes. I always Uh, found her interesting too. So she's a Slavic witch who has the power to help or hurt anyone who crosses her path. Mm -hmm. Uh, Those who seek her wisdom, truth, knowledge must first complete tasks. Like she tests people. Mm Mm-hmm. And only when they finish these tasks successfully, will she help, help them out. Right. Um, and then if the tasks are not completed, uh, and people haven't found a way to escape from her, she will cook and eat them. <laughs> yes. The Russian version of Baba Yaga uh, lives deep in the dark forest. She owns a hut that actually has chicken legs Mm -hmm. (laughs) that can run through the forest, uh, to basically evade 
people. Yes. The windows are really bright and are its eyes and keep a lookout for any intruders. Atop each fence post is a human skull <laughs> to scare away any that come near. When her house moves, it spins and screeches to a halt and settles down into place and like groans really loud and creaks really loud. Um, and when a visitor arrives, the, the house turns away. <laughs> It's like, a, it's like a whole animal all by yeah. itself. Many believe that she is akin to the evil witch in Hansel and Gretel, mm -hmm. as well as uh, a figure in the folktale Vasilisa the Beautiful, which is actually yes. like a Cinderella type story. But she's also seen as a wise crone and a caring maternal figure um, akin to Mother Earth. And right. like I said, her folklore is extremely varied throughout the world. So, and she, I think, so she is also part of the darker side of Yule because more so where she originates from in those really cold countries. There's some, but there's some, uh, I did not find a direct a tale about her. And mm, I feel like it was Father Frost Morosco or something, but I could be wrong. Perhaps well, that's something for everybody else to look up. <laughs> <laughs> but she does have to do directly with Christmas, but I, I, it's not a well-known tale, so it's probably hard to find, honestly. Yeah, but I just always associated her with winter, anyways, because oh yeah, of the area of the world in which her lore originates. I agree. All right. What else we got? Okay. So there's like, there's actually quite a few Christmas figures that have been lost in time or aren't well known unless you're from that particular culture or, you know, region. Hmm. There's, I'm, I'm not, we're not going to discuss these in detail, but if anybody's interested to look these folks up, I highly recommend it. Hans Trap, mm. Father Whipper. So there's a lot of like whipping going on with these Christmas characters. <laughs> Do you notice this? Yes. Krampus whips, uh, Belsnickel whips. I, I like, what is with the whipping? <laughs> Someone please tell me. Okay. There's Black Peter, Bartel, La Bifana, who isn't really scary. She's actually more of a benevolent Italian Christmas witch, but that's a really interesting one to look up if anyone's interested. Necht Ruprecht. <laughs> okay. Grilla, who is an Icelandic, I believe she's a witch as well, but mm -hmm. a terrifying one as well. And the Yule cat and the Yule children, which are also kind of linked to this whole Icelandic Christmas scary mythology, if anyone's interested in looking that up. And there's so many more and that I we're not going to go into. <laughs> well, and I think, uh, so this isn't ancient origins or anything, but I think because you know how we were talking in the comparative mythology OO episode about how myths change over time, right? Mm -hmm. So I think in modern times too, the Grinch is a really big dark Christmas figure. Oh, definitely. Yeah. Yeah. 
And I think that's one that everybody's pretty much been exposed to. I agree. Although I think he's adorable. Oh, <laughs> uh, well, he didn't like I'm people. Just, so definitely. This I know. I'm like, I'm now, they're actually the who's <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Yeah. Hmm. I'm with you. So, but do you feel a lot of this stuff comes from its pagan origins? Oh yeah. And I think so like, I think a lot of these characters are just different aspects of, it's kind of funny because I feel like the whole St. Nick Santa mythology Mm -hmm. is all of these put together. Oh yeah. Because like, for instance, Father Whipper was probably the one where the coal came from, specific, most specifically. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. Yeah. And Morosco, which we didn't go into detail in, in this episode, but Morosco being Father Frost in Slavic mm-hmm. mythology, who was originally a winter demon. And when mm-hmm. I say demon, I don't necessarily mean like what we believe today as being a demon but a spirit Mm. from back in the day that's an interesting one and that definitely ties into santa claus for sure Mm -hmm. all right so in your opinion who of these characters would be the most frightening to see in your own house oh my god like all of them (laughs) i don't think i could pick one i think I feel like if I had to get into a fight with any one of these, I could definitely take Bell Snickle. <laughs> <laughs> but anything with horns like Krampus or the oh, Perishton, I don't think I, I would probably crap my pants if I saw one in my house. Yeah. And so I am right there with you on Krampus. Like if, if that thing showed up at my house, I'd be like, what is happening? <laughs> And then also Hans trap, uh, because I don't think that I deal well seeing like a scarecrow demon either. Oh yeah. That's a good point. Cause that's like, no, (laughs) I feel like the witch characters are just kind of par for the course with us. I'd be like, okay, cool. Yeah. Come on in. Let's have a chat. Right. But (laughs) you're going to send some crazy scarecrow thing that's supposed to you know whip people and whatever no we're not doing that (laughs) yeah that is pretty creepy the scarecrow thing okay so let's talk about how we can include these characters or the dark side of yule into yule celebrations if you want to i said this in our sabbat episode but for oh But this year we are making Krampus cookies. That's so cool. I wish I was there to eat them. (laughs) (laughs) So you can order Krampus cookie cutters online now, basically on Amazon. You can get them. I got mine off of Etsy. Mm. And I mean, you can just make any kind of cookies you want, sugar cookies, gingerbread, whatever, and then decorate it. And that's a pretty cool way to celebrate Krampus in a not so scary way. But there's also the Krampus movie. Have you watched that? No, I haven't. And there are several actually. So which one this are you This is the one to? with, I'm trying to think of who's in it. Okay. It's a 2015 film. Mm. 
and it's horror comedy. So there's some parts where you're going to be like, this is stupid, but it's, it's fun. Like it's just a fun movie. Gotcha. So this has, who is in this? Okay. Okay. Nope. I don't even know these names, but if you actually watch the movie, you'll be like, oh, I know this person. I know that person. (laughs) Tony Collette. So she's in a bunch of horror, like real, like scary horror movies. You ever seen Hereditary? Do you watch horror movies? No, I do not. Oh, crud. Okay. Well, anyway, <laughs> Adam Scott, he's a comedian. He was oh, in I know who he and Wreck. Okay. Yeah. So he's in it as well. There's a bunch of people that you'll be like, oh yeah, I know this person. It's just fun. Like my daughter even watched it with us. So, <laughs> and I mean, I wouldn't recommend like five-year-olds, but you know, 11, 12, 13. So there's that. And you could also, as we were saying, if you're lucky enough to be close by one, go to a Krampus parade. Yeah, that'd be cool. Or, oh my gosh, if I was in Germany or Austria where they have the the Perishton parades, I would want to do that as well. Yeah, that sounds pretty cool. But I mean, you can just watch scary movies. Like there's scary Christmas movies too that you could watch. Like mm-hmm. we were talking about Christmas Carol. Some of those adaptations are pretty scary. What do you think? What What do you, what do you got? Uh, you also said that divination was really big. So I'm thinking spirit boards and things like that during this time of year would be cool. Ooh. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Mirror scrying. I feel like would be a good one in the winter. Cause you yeah. kind of think about, I kind of think about when I think of mirrors, I think of ice. Mm. Yeah, true. That would be, that would be interesting. Yeah. You know, well, I'm just sitting here thinking like we do black mirror scrying, Mm -hmm. but I wonder if you can try it with like a frosted mirror. That would be cool. That'd be different. It would be. I might try that. <laughs> Let me know how that goes. <laughs> okay. Let me know if you see Krampus. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> What's your opinion? Do you think that these old traditions should be brought back to a certain extent in our modern times? I think some of them. Why not? Because we have Halloween. Why not just mix it together? <laughs> Yeah, I feel like I feel like from Samhain to Emolk, mm-hmm. that's like just one big month. You know what I mean? Because it it seriously just runs together. Yeah, and and I do I do believe too that our ancestors used to look at that whole time as being very spiritually rampant, like spirits were everywhere and mm. So yeah, let's celebrate Halloween. I'm not saying to get rid of Halloween and so on, but I'm just saying we could add some scary stuff to Christmas a little more. Why not? Yeah. I'm right there with you. Yeah. <laughs> so if you don't have a Krampus loft in your local area, start one. <laughs> I, I was seriously, I had that thought the other day. I thought, well, I wonder what it would take to get like a whole Krampus society going or something, you know? How cool would that be? It would be cool. And then like, it would just catch on. Like a, b- a bunch of people would start doing it. <laughs> like even just a Krampus cult. 
Um, Did you hear me? Maybe not advertised it that way. Oh, darn. (laughs) (laughs) Mm. We won't advertise it that way, but that's what it'll be. No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) Go back and listen to the cult episode. Yeah, that was a good one. That's where my joke is coming from. Yeah. Did we beat the dead Marie Lloyd enough? (laughs) Yeah, I think so. Okay. I'll wrap it up then. All righty. Thank you all for joining us for a hair-raising hour of Christmas terror. We encourage you to explore these old traditions and myths and see how you might fit them into your celebrations this Yule season if you're not too much of a chicken shit. (laughs) (laughs) Don't forget to like and subscribe to Mimir's Well podcast to be notified of our future episodes. And subscribe to our sister podcast, Otherworldly Oracle official podcast for more educational episodes, I would say. This is educational as well, but we say what's on our mind here and over there, it's a little more mellow, I think. Subscribe to both. Anyway, until next time, remember, despite our sweet reputations, we really have the hearts of men on our altars that we keep in jars. <laughs>